Well, howdy y'all. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Once Upon a Time in Texas. So this is podcast number 21, and if you're with me still, I am super excited about that. Um, last week was uh, on disasters, not necessarily just natural disasters, but just disasters here in Texas, and so I kind of wanted to shake it up and do a fun one this time. And uh, what more fun is there than slang here in Texas and, and just really kind of across the South anyway? So uh, before I jump into it too much, you know, I am your host and producer, Michael Mitchell. Uh, for those of y'all that follow the podcast and listen to me, thank you so much for sitting on the back porch with me and uh, listening to me tell stories and just kind of, you know, whatever tickles my fancy. I do have a lot of fun doing this and putting this little podcast together and, um, <clears throat> you know, I always learn a lot along the way and I, I hope you guys too, uh, you know, also learn a little bit. Um, so like I said, this is my, uh, I'm actually doing this, um, <laughs> way back. It's June 1st right now. I'm not going to be posting this for a couple of weeks cause, uh, I'm trying to do these a little early because I'm fixing to be gone for two weeks to summer camp. Um, we're going up to Boy Scout summer camp outside of Tishomingo, Oklahoma. I'm really looking forward, um, to a couple of weeks with my kiddos up there. Um, just love Camp Simpson. So, uh, yeah, if y'all hear this, uh, pray that it is not raining and that the temperatures are, you know, 50s at night and low 80s during the day. <laughs> That's what I can hope for. And if y'all could pray for that, man, I'd sure appreciate it. So like I said, this week I do want to talk a little bit about slang and sayings, what they mean, and kind of give some examples. Um, some of y'all that are from Texas will probably laugh a lot. Um because I try to come up with some stupid examples and things that I've heard of. Uh, some of y'all from outside of the state, um, just know, I mean, if, if you're from the South, a lot of this stuff translates. Um, but if you're from somewhere else kind of far away, I mean, you might have heard this stuff in the movies, but believe it or not, this is all stuff that, you know, is is pretty common usage, I guess. So I'll do my best to explain it to y'all. And uh, try to make it make sense. So before we jump into the podcast, I always want to mention our sponsor, which is me. Um, yep, that's right. I'm footing the bill for this bad boy. Um, I am an independent mortgage loan originator here in Texas. I uh, work with American Mortgage Company. So I know there's a ton of people moving to and in Texas. And I know a lot of y'all know some of those people. So let me help them out. Like I said, I'm an independent mortgage loan originator working with American Mortgage Company. Um, we help people finance their dream homes here in Texas. So uh, I, I like it in a lot to, uh, um, oh, like an independent insurance agent. You know, you can go to them and they can shop all kinds of insurance companies and, and really get you the best deal. I pretty much do the same thing, but with mortgages. So if you guys want a good deal, you know, come on. Getting a mortgage is, is not always fun or really something that everybody wants to do. But, you know, since most of us don't have a couple hundred thousand sitting around in the bank just to go pay cash, we've got to get a mortgage. So if you're going to have to get a mortgage, you might as well work with somebody who's at least a little entertaining and works hard to make the process painless. You know, a guy like yours truly, right here, Mike Mitchell. So if you know someone moving to or in Texas, send them over my way send them over to themichaelmitchell.com because I am the Michael Mitchell. 
and let me help him out. Remember, when you work with me, I sell dreams, not mortgages. <laughs> so let's jump into this slang and, and I guess slang and sayings. And I don't know if this will be a super long podcast, but uh, yeah, we're going to give it a whirl, just kind of see where it takes us. So let's start with ain't. Now, when I was a little kid, I started using ain't a lot because I heard a lot of other kids using it and I heard a lot of adults using it. And uh, I guess I got to using it a little too much and my mother kind of blew a gasket on me one day, made a real big deal about how ain't's not a word and I shouldn't be using it. And uh, she made such a big deal about it, I remember thinking to myself, well, I ain't using that word no more. <laughs> but that was in my head, not out loud. So, uh, you know, I guess the official meaning, uh, meaning, uh, meaning is kind of a contracted version of the words are and not kind of smashed together. So instead of saying are not or aren't, a lot of people just shorten it even more to ain't. So a couple of, of examples are things like, uh, you ain't from around here, are you? Or that kid just ain't right. Or this ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> so, you know, ain't still used uh, pretty frequently. And I, I think a lot of folks kind of go, well, they're a redneck and don't speak very eloquently if they use the word ain't. It's, it's something that I don't use very often uh, unless I'm just trying to, you know, sound like a backwoods, you know, redneck or something like that. But uh, which isn't always necessarily bad. It, it, it kind of depends on who you're working with, I guess, you know. I always used to hear "dress to your audience," and so sometimes you you speak to your audience as well. So, anyway, uh, speaking of, um, let's go ahead and talk about that phrase that I just used. It ain't my first rodeo. Well, basically, that means I've done this task or whatever before, and it's usually a rebuttal of assurance uh, to someone who is offering an opinion or assistance on something you are doing. Now. Typically, this comes about when you're, I mean, specifically like with me, uh, working on vehicles or, or, you know, welding or something like that, you know, you'll have somebody come along and offer an opinion and you'll throw your helmet up or set your tool down. And you'll say, you know what, this ain't my first rodeo. And basically that's like, partner, listen, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. So um, I do laugh though, because I'm, I'm not sure when the first rodeo became kind of the gold standard of knowing what you're doing. <laughs> you know, I, I, maybe it started out with somebody going, you know, this isn't my fifth rodeo. <laughs> I guess it just got us stuck. Uh, I guess those that get into rodeo, if they go to the first one, they really don't know what the heck's going on. And so, but uh, I mean, the term's been around long enough, uh, you know, that if you are indeed on your second rodeo, I, you are now considered an expert. Um, which good on you, I guess. <laughs> so I, I used to say this to my father-in-law a lot. I mean, we were always, <clears throat> well, I say we, I was always tinkering on cars and he was usually there, um, when he was visiting, um, to, to supervise as, as best he could and, and give me just really solid advice. But I, I used to say this a lot. You know, the, hey, this isn't my first rodeo, Ron. And he would politely ignore me. Um, or I say ignore me. I know he was pretty much deaf as a post, and most of the time he didn't have his hearing aids in. So he might not have, you know, heard me. He was probably just ignoring me. 
And I don't, I'm sure he thought, you know, that boy ain't right in the head. Um, but either way, whatever he thought, uh, he would continue to give his advice, opinions, and wisdom on whatever I was trying to accomplish at the time. And uh, he passed away a few years ago, and, you know, I, I sure do miss that advice, because as much as it pissed me off at the time when he did it, I kind of miss it now. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Um, you'll also occasionally hear, he's all hat, no cattle. Well, basically, this is somewhat of an insult, uh, implying that you have the look, you know, you got the hat, you probably have the boots and the jeans, um, but maybe you don't have the brains, or the money, or the livestock, whatever, to kind of back it up. So basically, it's kind of a, I guess, the new age word, it's, it's kind of a poser, you know, he's all hat, no cattle. Um, it's basically a polite way of saying he or she is an idiot without saying that. So, you know, if you hear somebody talking about you and say that you're all hat and no cattle, they're nicely being rude. <laughs> but, you know, most of the time they don't say that to your face. Normally they wait until you walk off and then they'll talk to whoever else is there and say you're all hat and no cattle. So there you go. Another one that you'll run across sometimes is bigger than Dallas. And I've heard bigger than Dallas, you know, bigger than shit. I've, I've heard that and I've said those, uh, both of them. So basically it means something's big. I mean, if you've been to Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex or the DFW Metroplex, or as we call it sometimes, the Metro Mess, you know it's big. And, uh, and it is a fact that Dallas is 30 minutes away from Dallas. <laughs> At least that's kind of the running joke up here. See, I swear, it seems like they've been working on I-35 down there and and 810 and all the other highways in and around there, um, you know, since the beginning of time. And, and looks like they have no plans on finishing anytime soon. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, that's just another funny, I guess, that, that people say when they talk about how big DFW has gotten. Um you know, and usually they talk a lot about the the traffic because the traffic's really bad down there, which obviously is why they're working on the interstate and highways all the time because it's it's just a mess. And so, uh, anyway, if you guys live down in Dallas Fort Worth and love it, you know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not poking fun at it. I I guess maybe I am poking fun at it a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. And and people move down there, and I know a lot of folks, uh, a lot of friends that have a good life down there in DFW Metroplex and. They just learn to live with the traffic. Um, I hate it. I I hate stoplights. I know just about every alleyway and everything else here in Wichita Falls. That way I can just get around stoplights. I, I hate that. And the only thing I hate worse than stoplights is sitting in traffic. Just ugh, irritates me. So I'm sure some of y'all are thinking, well, bless his heart. He he hates traffic. And, you know, that, that would be my next saying here is, is bless your heart. That's one that can be, you know, and you got to be careful because it can be both an insult and kind of a consolation, I guess. So let me give you some examples so you can kind of hear it. So first we have an insult. Well, bless your heart. I thought you'd get smarter as you got older. Or, wow, that is the ugliest baby I've ever seen. Bless its little heart. And, you know, you'll have people that'll add in little or Bless its little pee-picking heart or something like that, you know. But basically, bless its heart is the uh, base that they're throwing out there. And obviously, that's an insult. 
you're basically saying somebody's dumb without saying that they're dumb. Or, I mean, you're just coming out and saying that is an ugly baby. But that's okay. Um, You know, those are some fine and outstanding insults. But in theory, it, it is that, you know, by saying, bless your heart before or after, kind of takes the sting away. And, and you're kind of given that, you know, Southern hospitality a little bit, you know, we don't, we don't want to be rude. So, you know, if you're too dumb to get that, then, you know, bless your heart. <laughs> so now let's flip it on the other side though. So you can actually have something where it's kind of a, a consolation, you know? Uh, so if somebody said something like, you know, man, I, I just had, uh, just had a grandparent pass away. <clears throat> And a good reply would be, oh my gosh, well, bless your heart. You know, how are you and the family handling it? You know, in that case, that that really is a sincere, um, sincere blessing. So they're really, you know, showing and, and saying blessings on you in this case and your family. So, you know, you kind of got to be careful um, when you're here in Texas um, because, you know, this one... The, the line between insult and uh, consolation, you know, and really meaning blessings is, is really kind of a thin line. So you got to watch that. So if you hear say you know, if you hear somebody say, bless your heart, you better be paying attention. So, man, if someone really does bless you, though, that is huge. I mean, you just can't beat that with a stick. <laughs> there we go. There's another saying that you'll hear quite a bit. Basically means it's an irresistible deal. <clears throat> and you should not let it pass you by. Uh, this is a great one for when you really do find a good deal. So let me give you a for instance. So I went to the Ford house to look at new trucks, and they had this beautiful truck for $5,000 off. You just can't beat that with a stick. So I bought it. You know, however, it's worth mentioning that you don't, in fact, have to beat anything with a stick to be able to use the saying. I, I couldn't really find where that came from because I, I think that's a very unique saying. And I, you know, if you can't beat a deal with a stick, that's a really good deal. But I mean, if it is a deal and you beat it with a stick, is it really that good a deal afterwards? I don't know. Just kind of some musings, I guess. So another slang term, uh, or I guess just a slang word here is Coke. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the drink. But Coke here is actually a universal word for pretty much any carbonated drink here in our great state. So, you know, if you go to a restaurant, you may say something like, you know, I think instead of water, I'd like a Coke today. And the waiter or waitress is going to look at you and say, well, what type? We have Coke, Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, Sprite, you know, whatever else. And so... um you know, other places in the world, they call them pop sodas. Uh, my father-in-law used to call them sody pops, you know, whatever else. And I, and I can't remember all the terms right now, but here in Texas, for the most part, they're all Cokes, which I think really, you know, irritates Dr. Pepper, stuff like that. But, you know, I guess it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you have a tissue that you blow your nose into, um, rather than saying, hey, can you hand me a tissue uh, most of the time I say, Hey, can you hand me a Kleenex? Well, Kleenex is a brand name. You know, what you're actually getting to is a tissue. And so I guess Coca-Cola just hit it really big, um, here in Texas. And I mean, 
even though it wasn't invented here, Dr. Pepper was. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want a carbonated soda beverage, I guess, it's a Coke. And then you have to tell them what type of Coke you want. Dr. Pepper, Pepsi, Sprite, whatever. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, another one of my favorite terms, come hell or high water. This basically means there is nothing that will stand in your way of accomplishing a task or getting to a certain place. So here, you know, here's an example. Uh, if a buddy asks you to attend, I don't know, some sort of event like a wedding or, or some other, you know, significant thing, you know, hey, I'm getting married in June. Can you make it? Your response would be, you know what? I'll be there come hell or high water. And so... Yeah, you know, along the same lines um, as this one, you'll also hear things like, well, God willing and the creek don't rise. I'll be there. And so, yeah, I mean, both of those terms pretty much mean I'm going to be there. I'm going to do everything I can do to be there. And, and barring an act of God, more or less, I am going to be at whatever significant event you have invited me to. So don't be surprised if you hear that one. I, I do hear that one still quite a bit. Don't mess with Texas. Now, this is one I had a conversation with somebody about the other day, and uh, they were not from here, um, but they really thought that it meant, you know, Texas was tough, and you don't want to mess with Texas or someone from Texas because we're all, you know, badasses here, I guess. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess kind of, you know, but but not really, not entirely. Um, don't mess with Texas was actually an advertising campaign, I think by the, by TxDOT. But I mean, it, it was really for highways. Uh, I think it was from the late eighties or nineties, early nineties. I, I remember this being a big deal and really it was to encourage people to stop littering. And so, you know, don't mess with Texas, you know, keep our roadways pretty, um, stuff like that. And so, but really, I mean, it was a great advertising campaign because they're still using it. You know, here it is 20, 30 years later, uh, maybe even 40 years later. I'm not sure. But it, it kind of took on this life of its own and we're still using it. And it, it has, in other parts of the country, kind of morphed into this idea of, of you don't mess with Texan or a Texan. And, and I guess the rest is kind of history. Like, the person I talked to was just really... You know, they were like, wow, you know, you're from Texas. You're awesome. So, which I am, but that's beside the point. So here's another one. I'm fixing to tell y'all a few more. So that's one. Fixing to basically means I'm planning on doing something. This does not always mean it will happen in the near future. So fixing can be any number of infinite possibilities when it comes to the time frame of doing something. Um, typically, you'll hear it like, I'm fixing to leave. So if you're at a party or some other so sort of social gathering, if you're fixing to leave, that means you are now going to start the process of exiting whatever the event is. But if you're a social butterfly like me, you have to go around and say bye to a lot of folks. You got to thank the person that did the party. You got to go thank the caterer or whoever, you know, brought the food. You know, you got to go see mama and them. You, you got to just, you got to make the rounds, basically. You make the rounds. And so fixing to go, depending on how large the event is, could be a five to 30 minute endeavor. Who knows? Um, 
But I mean, typically, uh, you know, you'll say, Hey, uh, I'm fixing to go get something to eat. So if you're talking to a buddy, Hey, I'm fixing to go get something to eat. That means it's probably going to happen in the pretty near future. On the flip side though, I mean, let's talk about my father a little bit. He's been fixing to clean out the barn and throw some junk out for a long time now. And for a long time, I don't mean like several months. I think we moved into the house and, you know, filled the barn up sometime either in 1990 or 1991. I don't know. It's been a while. But Dad has been fixing to clean up the barn now for over 30 years. And although I guess he's done some, he hasn't really completed it. And so he's been fixing to for a while. So there you go. Um... Let's jump into our next one here. The a quintessential greeting here in Texas is your basic howdy. You'll notice I always or almost always start out my podcast with howdy y'all. Um, howdy is, you know, sometimes it'll come with the tip of a hat or a wave or something like that. But howdy is just a, a standard Texas greeting. And an easy response is to just say howdy back. So once you exchange your howdies, um, it's usually followed with something like, how's your mom and them doing? So it's meaning, how's your, you know, how's your family? But there's a lot of folks that say, how's your mom and them? Um, a lot of times, uh, they'll even shorten it to how's your folks, you know, or how are your folks doing or something like that. And it just, you know, means they want to know specifically about how your parents are doing. Um, it's always nice and it, it creates great conversation and, you know, don't be surprised people when they ask you that genuinely want to know. Um, however, you got to know too, that folks is another one of those interchangeable words, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean your parents or your kin, I guess, you know, um, folks can also just mean a, a general group of people. So, I mean, for instance, you could say, did you see all those folks in the park yesterday? That was crazy. And so folks could just mean a bunch of people, but a lot of times if, if you're talking to somebody you know and you start out with the howdy howdy and then they say, how are your folks doing? They're typically talking about your parents and they do, you know, genuinely want to know. So let's jump off uh, a little bit. We're going to take a little sideways here and weather is something that we talk about, um, I mean, often here in Texas. Especially if you're in a smaller town. I mean, doesn't necessarily have to be a smaller town, but, you know, if you're in a smaller town, it's either been really dry or really wet, really hot or really cold. You know, uh, it just, it, it's always something. And so one thing you're, you'll hear often is, you know, well, if you don't like the weather in Texas, just wait a minute. And so really this kind of implies that you know, weather here can change rapidly. And to be honest, it often does, uh, especially here in Northwest Texas around Wichita Falls, where I live. Um, we have the dry line that moves through. So I don't remember if it's on the front or the back end. It'll be very low humidity. Uh, I think on the front end, it's low humidity, but on the back end, it's high humidity. And, and, and it's a line that just kind of runs back and forth, east and west. And we get what we call these little popcorn storms, and they are these hot little storms that'll just pop up out of nowhere. I mean, you'll be out doing something, you'll hear thunder, and you'll think, what the heck? And you'll turn around and look, and yeah, there's a storm that just popped out of nowhere. I mean, an hour ago, you had blue skies. So, yeah, if you don't like the weather in Texas, just wait a minute. It'll change. 
So uh, let's jump back on the stick bandwagon. So we, we talked a minute ago about you just can't beat that with a stick. Another one of my favorite terms that, that I hear a lot, um, it, it basically means that there's a lot of something. So when you see a lot of something, there is more than you can shake a stick at. I have no idea where this came from, um, but apparently we have a fascination with sticks. I reckon, I you know, I don't know. Um, so, you know, you, it's, uh, gosh, what is, okay. So yeah, it's more than you can shake a stick at and, uh, you just can't beat that with a stick. So more than you can shake a stick at just means there's a bunch of them. Again, I don't know why you're going to shake a stick at it, but you know, if there's a bunch of them, you're going to shake a stick at it. No idea. And since I just said reckon, that's another one that figure I probably ought to, uh, you know, mention, um, reckon is often used and it means basically that you assume or think something. So for instance, I reckon that ranch will sell for a lot of money someday. I reckon he knows a whole lot about cattle cause he's been doing it all his life. You know, he's getting old. So I reckon his parents are even older. Um, so yeah, it's just a, it's just an assumption or, or when you think something. So reckon is used quite a bit especially in the smaller towns. So here's another one. Since we just talked about weather, sometimes we get a lot of rain. And I mean just real torrential downpour. If y'all listened to the podcast last week, you'll know that uh, I talked some about hurricanes and stuff like that. And of course, there was the flooding in Houston a few years ago, which was just incredible. But, uh, you know, sometimes we just get real torrential downpours. And when those happen, you'll have somebody go, whoo, man, that was a real toad choker or a real frog strangler. Uh, Those are all, those are both terms that I've heard a lot. Um, But I've also heard um, that that was a real turd floater or a real gully washer. (laughs) So, I mean, there's all kinds of, I mean, you know, I mean, it rained like a cow peeing on a flat rock. I mean, if that doesn't put an image in your head, I don't know what will. But, you know, when you have a lot of rain, you get a lot of runoff and lots of things float. And basically, I guess with toads and frogs, they're saying that, you know, there's just too much rain. And the gully washer, I guess, you know, they just washing out the gullies all the time. So any way you hear it, it'll probably make you laugh. And and I hope it does. But usually this will begin a conversation, again, typically in small towns, about how many inches of rain that you got at your place. And so, you know, usually you'll go, well, you know, I live out there south of town and I only got one and a half inches. Well, I'm out here on the north a couple of miles and, you know, I got six inches. So the big part of the storm must have come over me. And so anyway, there there will be a long conversation that ensues, usually end with a, a handshake, and, you know, tell everybody in your family I said howdy kind of stuff. So with all this talk about weather, that reminds me, I probably need to go out and empty my rain gauge. So, uh. Yeah, I'll do that here in a little bit. So I'm going to end with a couple of Y words. So y'all and yonder. So yonder is one that I've grown to use a whole lot more. And it's just used to describe something over there, wherever over there is. But it's it's no real specific distance. I mean, it could literally be in the same room with you or it could be a distance of, I don't know, a couple hundred miles. So, you know, a, uh, an example would be like, hey, partner, how far is Henrietta from Wichita Falls? 
and you'd say, well, it's just over yonder. And uh, of course, y'all can't see me, but <laughs> typically it comes with a head nod and, and you'll nod your head in the direction. But uh, you, yeah, you don't typically give any inclination on how far it is. You know, you don't say, well, in fact, Henrietta is about 20 miles east of Wichita Falls. Nope. It's just over yonder, you know, and sometimes it's just over yonder a spell. You know, however, like I said, when they respond, you need to pay attention because you'll get that head nod and they'll typically, you know, point or at least nod in the direction of said location, whatever you're looking for. So last but not least is y'all. This is a combination of you and all. I think everybody around knows this. Um, it's just something like, how are y'all doing today? And again, I start out my podcast a whole lot with how do y'all, um, but typically y'all is used for two people, sometimes three, four, you know, if it's just kind of a group of friends, but it can sometimes be, you know, more, um, but typically all y'all is reserved for more than three people. And so, uh, yeah, y'all can get y'all and all y'all. So it's important to pay attention. But anyway, you're just talking about a group of people. And all y'all is just a bigger group of people. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, what do y'all think? I, that ended up being closer to 30 minutes than I thought. Uh, I know I hit most of the big ones, but I probably missed a few. Uh, I will say that one I'd never heard before popped up about six months ago. And since then, I've heard it actually several times. Someone said, well, I'll be dipped. And it basically means I don't believe it or I'm, I'm shocked that it worked out that way, something like that. I mean, I've heard I'll be danged or, or I'll be damned, but I'll be dipped was a new one on me. And like I said, I've heard it a lot since then. And uh, so, you know, anyway, I, I'm just, I'm always looking, I love hearing, you know, slang lingo and stuff like that. So if I missed any, shoot me a message and I'll, I'll try to drop it in a future podcast and, uh, you know, make sure that everybody knows. So anyway, uh, I would like to throw this out. There is one place that you won't get dipped, uh, or duped <laughs> really. And that's with me and, uh, American mortgage company. <laughs> so I got to do my ending plug. Sorry guys. So keep in mind, if you know someone moving to or in Texas, you know, send them my way to themichaelmitchell.com. Remember, I sell dreams, not mortgages. And I really do love helping people get into homes. So thank you all for tuning into my podcast again this week. Um, like I said, keep praying that the weather is nice at camp. Um, we're having a great time at Boy Scout camp, I am sure. As always, remember the stars at night are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. Y'all have a great week.